Can you hear me? <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Nick. Hola, Nick! Just wanted to take a few minutes to let you find folks know how you can contact us. You can find us on Twitter at the It's Too Wordy One and on Instagram. Just look for It's Too Wordy. We also have a Discord set up, The Haunted Log. If you like what you hear, maybe considering throwing us some of your spare change. Maybe some of your hard-earned loot. Maybe some stuff you find in your car cushions. Who knows? Anything will go a long way. And you can do that by visiting our Patreon page at Patreon backslash HouseBTS. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this episode. This week on It's Too Wordy, he's not even human. He died. He's a ghost. Literally. Welcome to this week's episode of It's Too Wordy, the comic book podcast where three buddies discuss comics from their childhood and today. I'm Kirk. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. Nick's back! Yay! 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 Now we don't have to talk so much, Ryan. (laughs) Oh, thanks. No, just kidding. (laughs) How's everybody doing this week? Grateful Nick's back. Me too. (laughs) What? I don't do that much. I just sit here and look at comics. No, but you you got facts. Oh, right. That I have to go back and re- look at and then edit it out. <laughs> Speaking of facts, I messed up last week. Yeah? Yeah. I said Sinestro was from Quard. That is not accurate. Where is he from? He is from Krogar. Cor- yep, Krogar. Yep. Uh, he was sent to Quard as his punishment, and I misspoke. So it's been eating me all week. I felt I lost my Green Lantern card there for a little bit. But I, I- did remember. I didn't know, so I don't. I, yeah. Well, if you watch the DC Superhero Girl cartoon, they there's an academy called the Koragar Academy, and Sinestro is the headmaster of it. Is that the uh, cartoon that Scott? Yeah, was talking about on but, Discord. Uh, he this is he's watching the new one. Oh, okay. This was a different one. This is like the original one where they're in high school, and Starfire's sister Darkfire is part of the Koragar Academy, and she comes to like play in the interna- intergalactic games and. Okay. It's pretty cool. But That's the other good. one is awesome that Eclipso is in there, and she's trying to take the gem from the top of the tower. Okay. Like, you put Eclipso in a little girl cartoon? Yeah. That's messed up. All right. Well, I won't hold it against you that you got something wrong. I try to not be wrong. <laughs> so this week, we're going to be talking about King Thor number one, Green Lantern Rebirth number one. And Sinestro Core War Special Number One. Let's get started, all right? Sweet. We want to do King Thor? Yeah. All right. Take it away, Nick. Oh, sweet. Yeah. (laughs) No, let's just talk about it. So, I finally got to read this like an hour before the show started. And I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. I mean, it's okay. I wasn't impressed. But I love Jason Aaron. So do I. But this one, you know, it's the conclusion of his storyline still. I don't think I'm going to be buying any more of this. Like I said, 22 movies with Thor and Loki in it. Uh, Thor has other enemies, right? Apparently not. Apparently not. Apparently the only one he cares about is Loki. What'd you think, Ryan? I'm glad you guys said that because, honestly, I'm not a Thor guy, so I thought it was just my bias against Thor. No, uh, this wasn't good. Yeah, I didn't... I had a, a heck of a time getting through this. Yeah, I was. I bought it, and I'm like, I'm glad it was only three ninety nine. See, and I read his original run... With Thor, so when the big bad shows up, the uh, 
God killer or whatever. God butcher. God butcher. I'm like, oh, man. And that's where I left off at in the previous story. So it's like. (laughs) That, I I stopped reading it. I couldn't, I didn't like it at all. Yeah. I I didn't like the storyline. I didn't like anything of it. The girls seem, I was interested in the girls storyline a little bit. But it wasn't enough to keep my attention and go, I need to find out what's going to happen in the next round. I have no desire to buy a number issue two. No, and I, I really kind of wish I did because I really like Thor. So do I. But this one, it kind of left me dry. Like, yeah. I wasn't excited about it. Yeah. I'm sure he'll turn it around and do something fantastic with it. It's just, I'm not going to be around to see it. I, I just can't. I'm not a Thor guy. Just can't get into I've tried all sorts of incarnations of Thor throughout the eighties to current to the old stuff. I mean, it's, I just can't do Thor. It's understandable. All right. So, uh, what do you give it, Nick? Two and a half. Ryan? Two. One and a half. Really? Just because you guys did two and two and a half. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really am tired of the Thor Loki. Thor Loki symbiote. Yeah. I can't remember. That's how much this comic meant to me. What's the god? What was his name? Uh, no. Yeah. And no. Null. Yeah. You know, it's just like, come on, you're you're just pounding in Thor, Loki, and Null, and the Venom symbiotes too much. Yeah. Leave them in their own book. Yep. They don't need to cross over to every damn Everything. book. No. You remember when they used to have their own books and there was no crossover ever? Spider-Man may show up, but Pre- it was for like a one shot. It was like deal. a one shot. The only time you really <laughs> yeah. got a crossover was like... And it would be special appearance of yeah. Nova in this episode of issue of Spider-Man. Yeah. Like X-Men did the crossover, but it was X-Factor, New Mutants, X-Men. It was yeah. all within that universe. It right. wasn't like, you got to buy 35, 40 books to keep up with the entire story. That's what, X. <laughs> that's what yep. killed the New Mutants run for me, because it was just like, yeah. the Abnett and Lanning New Mutants was just great for the first 20 issues, and then it was... Necrotia, X blah blah blah. Yep. Now part of this tie-in, and I was like, you know what? I'm done. I yeah. don't care. I don't care if these mutants become vampires. I don't care. I don't care if the dead rise. If no. this isn't Blackest Night, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 gets. I'm I'm. It's getting old. The crossovers and everything. It's like movies with the reboots. I'm getting tired of reboots. I saw they're doing a reboot of Face Off. Absolutely. Why not? I'm like, why? I'm on overload. I saw I saw a study that said that um, most Gen Xers, the reason they get so much, they're making so many reboots and everything, is because Gen Xers are nostalgic for their childhood. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not. I'm nostalgic for original content. <laughs> That's why. Okay, so the only thing that I was really excited for in this book was the end. Oh, it's not in this one. Never mind. So I wasn't excited <laughs> about anything in this book. All right. What was it? Do you remember? They're re-releasing the entire first series of B on Blu-ray. Ooh. So that's the thing that I got excited for. I think that was in Batman Monsters of Gotham. That's fantastic. I might have to pick that up. I love that show. Yeah. Didn't creep me out at all that they were lizard people. (laughs) No? (laughs) No. There were some parts I was like, he's eating the rat. He's eating the rat. Where they like tear the face. I'm like, ooh. She gives birth to the child. And the I was like, oh, oh my god! But anyway, so sorry, guys. King Thor is a dud for this group of people. All right, 
Moving on. So, Which one do you want to do first, Ryan? Are you oh, going to do a little synopsis? We're going to do a land, uh, rebirth first because that's what came out first. But again, timeline, story. Okay, you're going to do a synopsis? We, yeah. Okay. All right. So after Kyle's girlfriend ends up in the fridge, in issue 57, the only reason I'm mentioning this is because it's kind of cool. He moves to New York. He moves to 175 Bleecker Street in Greenwich Village, New York, where he meets his neighbor, an Asian man who lives at 177A Bleecker Street, who happens to be Wong from Doctor Strange. Yeah? Yeah, he does. That's awesome. (laughs) 107, Alan Scott's daughter Jade becomes Green Lantern for a short time of Earth. And then in issue 145, Kyle becomes Ion. And that's important because it kind of ties in with some of the stuff that we read this week. Yes, it does. And that wraps up that volume three series so that takes us to rebirth is this um, volume four this is vol- well rebirth isn't technically part of the volume because this green lantern rebirth but when it go into the green lantern title yes it's volume four okay with rebirth this is jeff johns and ethan van skyver recreating green lantern last week we talked about how johns kind of does his he, magic he does, and he does the magic characters. With, uh, yeah and he's like the, dc's like oh we need somebody to reboot the series for us. Let's yep. get Jeff Johns. And he does it. Yep. In this, it shows... So, in the in-between here, also, not only does Hal become Parallax, but he dies and becomes the Spectre. He's the human host for the Spectre. And how does he die? Oh, final night. He reignites the sun. Not even Superman could do it. His powers were weakening. And the last human piece of Hal... Went up and reignited the sun in Final Night, which is a fantastic little four-part book. And so he becomes one with the Spectre, which was an amazing run as well. So going into Rebirth, it's kind of touching on that. It starts off with Kyle crash landing to Earth, kind of like how we saw with Abin Sir crash landing. A couple of hikers find him. Hey, don't be afraid. You need to help me. And uh, all these other things are going on. John and Guy are at a ball game and ghost Hal shows up <laughs> and sitting at the ball game with him he's like hey guys let's hang out yeah they they just wanted to hang out together and all these people start coming up to Hal because he is the what's well, not vengeance but specters he's the spirit of he's, vengeance. he's spirit the spirit of vengeance. of vengeance okay yep and so all these people start coming up and confessing all their sins and Hal's like yeah i can't do this guys like what in the hell's going on so Hal just disappears I liked when guy goes, I cheated on my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how I'm a fan of like looking at the backgrounds and seeing if I can find anybody in there. Yep. And uh, yeah, Joe DiMaggio says that, or he confesses to cheating on his wife to Hal. Yeah. And it's like, oof, you're at a Yankee game. Yep. All right. <laughs> then they jump over to Carol and Carol's at the Air Force base or her Ferris aircraft that's now been you know sitting empty forever, checking things out, trying to remember all the good times she had there. And in the meantime, we go over to Green Arrow's place, and he's about to head out, and Black Hand shows up, one of Green Lantern's vi- villains. And Green Lan- Arrow has one of, or has Hal's ring. He was told to hold on to it in case of emergency break glass kind of thing. And Black Hand shows up and takes the ring. Hal shows up as a specter and 
Ollie's like, yeah, we're not going to kill him. We're just going to capture him. Hal cuts off, or the Spectre cuts off the Black Hand's hand and just turns to Cole. Mm-hmm. Kind of dark for old. Well, the Spectre has a, a weird sense of humor, so he's yeah. going to do weird shit like that. So when we get into Spectre next month, you'll see a lot of that. They flash over to Guy and John sitting in Warriors, which is Guy's bar. And all of a sudden, Guy's getting this weird feeling, and he's losing control of his powers, and the whole building blows up. John's able to protect himself with his ring. Then an aircraft's going flying over Coast City, and there's one building standing in Coast City. So they call the JLA about that. They take Guy up to the satellite to get checked out by Dr. Midnight. Flash, or the Justice League show, or uh, go to Warriors. And the only thing left standing in Warriors was Hal's statue. Justice League shows up in Coast City, uh, Aquaman and the Flash do. And the the only building that's standing is Hal's old apartment. Batman's like, yeah, this is three strikes. This is Batman doesn't trust Hal anymore after the whole going nuts with the parallax thing. Well, he's one to talk, isn't he? He ruins the trust of the League every day. Yeah. Where it gets a little bit interesting is John starts standing up to Batman and they kind of start getting nose to nose. And back at the Air Force Base, everything has been repaired and fully functioning. And Carol's sitting there going, everything was just like deteriorated. Now everything's back to life. And Hal's come walking over to talk to Carol. So uh, I read the rest of these issues. It was only six issues. So I was trying to remember what actually appeared in here and what didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot how great this is. Jeff Johns did a great job resetting this. What did you think, Kirk? Yeah, I liked it. It was, I didn't realize it was Kyle that was coming down to earth. I thought it was Hal. You know, I didn't realize until they changed the view of him and then I'm like, oh, that's Kyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really good. Kept me interested. I'd like to see, to borrow the uh, other five. (laughs) Absolutely. So, yeah. It is well worth the read. Uh, Nick? No, I like it. I never finished the run. I don't know why. I just never did. I got the last two issues of it, but I kept all my Hal Jordan as a Spectre books. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't finish this. What's what? My favorite part is still John Stewart standing up to Batman mm-hmm. finally. Yep. And when he says, "I figured out why Hal Hal bugs you so much," is because he's not afraid of you. He sees through your bullshit. Yes. And he's like, "What is a Batman without fear?" just a man yep and he's about to go one-on-one with batman and if you look at superman in the back he's got his hands clenched like he's about to fight one of them i think <laughs> i like, took it as he was gonna punch batman like which one is he going to protect? i took it as he was gonna punch batman because of the way i thought guy and superman were friends or something like that right no okay maybe he was gonna punch john ah I think he'd probably have to go after John first because John would be the like the biggest priority. Like, yeah, he's the most powerful. John could just teleport Batman out into space. Yep. Right? So yeah, <laughs> he would probably have to. Him. He he would probably have to go after John. But, but just, I I thought he was going to go after Batman. That's what I thought. But just seeing Superman ready to fight somebody. Yeah. Is like, yeah. Oh, holy shit! It got real. <laughs> yeah. Shit just got real. <laughs> but. And that's that was what I liked about this book is because. I think Jeff Johns and Ethan Van Skyver did such a great job that even when you think something's not happening, if you're looking at the background panels, there's something going on that you might be missing. And again, that kind of goes back to the 
his little hidden gems he does in his books like yep. we were talking about last week. Yeah. And it's funny that uh, also that Guy Gardner always says that he hated being a Green Lantern. Yet, what does he make his bar look like? A yeah. giant oh, yeah. to the Green and he Lantern. And he was the biggest one in the, the middle. He's the biggest statue. The biggest statue <laughs> yep. in the middle. I thought that was kind of, I'm like, oh, he's got a big ego. And John even addressed that in Rebirth there. Uh, he said, you, you just missed having the ring. And Guy's like, why do I need the ring? I can transform my body into whatever I want it to transform into. He must have wanted it to transform into a big bag of shit. Because he turned into one. It. I still want to talk about the rest of it. Um, but <laughs> I'll behave. They go into that. It is probably... If I had to tell you to start reading Green Lantern somewhere, it's Rebirth. Rebirth? Okay. I, I love the other stuff, but Rebirth just... It introduces you to all the characters. Yeah. Jeff Johns has a good feel for all those characters. Yeah. So, next up, we have the Sinestro Corps. Green Lantern Sinestro Corps Special. Number one. So I read Rebirth one number one, and I read this one. I read this one this morning. I was so confused because I was getting the storylines crossed over in my head. I'm like, is so (laughs) is Sinestro Corps War before Rebirth? No, it's after after Rebirth. Yeah, Rebirth, and then it goes into the Green Lantern run, Sinestro Corps, then it goes into the Blackest Night with some key stuff going on in the middle there. Okay, so with this one, it shows that Sinestro is. Charging himself up. He's got a big lantern or the green lantern symbol on his back. All of a sudden you see the yellow lantern and he does his oath. In blackest day and brightest night, beware your fears made into light. And let those who try to stop what's right burn like my power, Sinestro's might. So each core has their own saying. So he's egotistical and... Oh, absolutely. Has a oath. For himself? He, he does. Unlike, or Laura's Fleeces is the best. Mine, 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 all mine. That one is the best. <laughs> that is awesome. And there's a whole bunch of jibber-jabber going on now. Where it starts getting interesting is a couple of lanterns are out in space, and all of a sudden this yellow ring comes flying past them, and Ion shows up, who happens to be Kyle Rayner, and he's pursuing these rings, and... Kyle tries to grab it with a hand that he imagined and it just flies through these hands like nothing. It, it just, you know, like none of you have enough fear. We're moving on to the next planet. And so they start pursuing that ring. Then they jump over to where Acrylo, my favorite Sinestro Corps warrior, mm-hmm. is coming out of a asteroid, starting to regenerate. And all of a sudden we're back on Oa and there's Cyborg Superman. I think this is why I really liked this run, because they tied in these characters you wouldn't suspect. There's Cyborg Superman. The Guardians are talking about how he has all this knowledge about the other universes. He's not supposed to have that knowledge. What are they going to do with him? And um, they decide to put him back in the science cell. In the meantime, there is a green box floating in this looks like a red sun. And Guy Gardner's flying by wants to talk to the Guardians, and you see in the box is Superboy Prime from Earth-6, I think it is, if I remember right. That was my favorite, one of my favorite panels of this book, because he make guy makes a... a the girl turn super around blowing girl a blowing a kiss, <laughs> and he's like, how's my, you can look at my ass as he's flying by. They end up in the cafeteria, and like we mentioned last week, when we were talking about Jack T. Chance... 
he's in the cafeteria as well. And a yellow ring comes flying in and places himself on Ion and is shot out of there. He lands on a planet and he notices all the Cordians are dead. And he sees a, like this big group of people and it's Sinestro leading all these yellow lantern characters and getting them all riled up. Amazing splash pages in this thing. Yes. And Kyle's trying to reach out to anybody else and Sinestro hears them. And it's like, yeah, we got, we hear you. Ion's fighting his own, trying to protect himself. In the meantime, Oa's getting attacked by a sniper. And then you see John's military background. He takes out the sniper. Hal and Guy see all these rings go flying past him. All these lanterns are de- dead. That's not good. Not good. Superboy Prime escapes. Not good. Sinister Core captures Kyle. They pull Ion out of Kyle. Again, it goes back to the entity characters that they had for these guys. And they place Parallax inside Kyle. He doesn't look like a giant jaw glob of shit. He actually looks <laughs> no. cool there. Kyle went from looking normal to the Parallax outfit in these massively razored sharp teeth. And the final page shows Cyborg Superman there. Manhunters. Superboy Prime wearing the yellow. The Anti-Monitor is there as well. So that's the beginning of the Sinestro Core War. Then it went into like seven issues for both Green Lantern and Green Lantern Core kind of rotating between the two. Thoughts? I read that and I'm like, man, I missed out on a whole bunch of stuff when it first came out because I wasn't collecting then. And I'm reading this stuff and you guys are only giving me the good most of the time. And I'm like, why did I stop? Because some of the I could have just done DC for a long time, but yeah, I I liked it. I want to read the Sinestro Wars now. Yeah, you want to catch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this makes a huge impact into Blackest Night, which is what we cover next week. Okay, so I got to go find uh, the Sinestro Core Wars. It's not required, but not required, it helps. But it helps. Yeah, you won't need it. Okay, good because I already read Blackest Night, so yeah. I don't. I think I need to read a whole nother I actually saga. went out and ordered Sinestro Core, the Core, Sinestro Core War or, uh, in trade just the other day. Just I've already got the single issues, but boy, that was a pain in the neck to find them. Between all the boxes I had to dig through to, yeah. you know, hopping back and forth in series. But uh, this is where Green Lantern really got going for me as far as John's run. He did a fantastic job with Rebirth, Sinestro Core, Blackest Night. Those are like the three big, big ones for me. And just him jump-starting what is going to turn into Blackest Night, now that you can kind of see past that, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. Then when you get to Blackest Night, you're like, oh, that's why they went through all of this. Definitely worth reading. There's reprints on all these. They're not real expensive books either, so it shouldn't be too hard to track down. But definitely a good look into uh, Sinestro. Awesome. What do you think, Nick? I've read it since it came out, so <laughs> so you don't have any thoughts. No, it's it's a great story. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm a huge fan of Sinestro. Yeah, um, I have a ring. I have a you have a I have a very expensive Sinestro core ring. Yeah, and I have a neon sign. A neon sign a behind you. Symbol. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Sinestro. So it's cool that he. Well, we did the list of the yellow lanterns last week, and the only one I knew was Sinestro. And he is my favorite. I, I like Sinestro, too. So, And I like how they ch- changed his costume up 
Because that's not the blue and black. It looks that like, thing looks so ancient. It's like, come on, get with the modern times a yeah. little bit, you know. Yeah. Everybody else's costumes change constantly. They they did a good job spiffing yeah. them out. So yeah. all right. So good deal. Next we're gonna head into D Wordy Files. Who is our D list character this week, Ryan? Nort. By special request of Nick. Hell yeah. A, ne- a medicated Nick last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the only reason I can fear that he asked for this. Let's what? do uh, let's let's do <laughs> Nort next week, man. <laughs> so his first appearance was Justice League International Ten. Got it. You know, <laughs> I didn't think I had it, and I went to add it to my want list, and I'm like, what? I still I've got this? <laughs> of course uh, you do. So, I have it, and that's one of my random reads this week, actually. So, he was created by Keith Giffen and J.M. Dematis. Dematius? Dematius? Sorry, we butcher names on this uh, show. It's a rite of passage (laughs) and a shine that we like you. That's right. Jason A.A. Ron. Jason (laughs) A.A. Ron. (laughs) Reading Justice League International 10... I see this now, but I did not, I was not aware of this when I wrote this up. The inspiration for Nort was Ed Norton from the Honeymooners. Okay. I could, so see, it. Yeah. I could see it. He was kind of have more of a human looking face and have the same mannerisms as Ed Norton from the Honeymooners. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. So Hal says that Nort became a Green Lantern because his uncle was a famous Green Lantern member of the Green Lantern Corps. That later got kind of retconned. The, I'm going to say this wrong, Poga Launchins? <laughs> they were he, The uncle was actually given the ring by the Poga Launchins, who posed as Guardians of the Universe while they were the real Guardians were on Xamaron. And they were actually a race of clowns. And they gave him away because they thought it would amuse them. So... But in all reality, they were actually pawns of the Weaponeers Accord, hoping to discredit the Green Lantern Corps. Nort does end up working with Guy Gardner throughout, and they confront a Cordian Sinestro cult, which goes badly. And he's faced with the threat of his beloved uncle being killed, so Nort gives up the location of where Hal Jordan is. Weak. Uh, Weak sauce, Nort. Weak sauce. So, Nort, soldiers swiftly overpower Nort. They make a mistake of bragging on how they would torture and kill Guy. It enraged Nort, and uh, he defeats the soldiers, regains his ring, saves Guy, destroys their source of power. They get back to normal space. Guy talks to the real Guardians reluctantly, and Nort was a true hero on Cord, and earned the status as a genuine Green Lantern. At some point in here, he does start hanging around with Maxwell Lord, and he and Scarlet Skier. He's the reason why Ted Cord got shot in the head, isn't he? Not quite. Nort's arch enemy is Scarlet Skier, which is a Silver Surfer knockoff. Annoyed Maxwell Lord enough that Maxwell Lord's like, why don't you become the founding members of Justice League Antarctica? And they create (laughs) Justice League Antarctica. (laughs) Nice. And along with the Injustice Gang, I believe. The Antarctic headquarters was overran by killer penguins. They destroyed the base. Nort kept him alive using his ring. Basically, later on, he's off on a planet by himself. To stay out of trouble, basically, the Guardians are like, 
here, go to this planet that doesn't mean anything. And uh, so that's where he ends up staying around. He is presumed dead in the Sinestro Corps Secret Files and Origins. However, at San Diego Comic-Con, somebody asked Jeff Johns if Nort was going to be one of the characters in Blackest Night. And John said, Nort's not dead. He makes a couple of more appearances in more recent times in The Wrath of the First Lantern and helps prevent the Red Lanterns from attacking the Green Lantern Corps. And then he also reappears to a distress call made by the robot inhabitants of a planet seized by Lara Fleas. The rings mutually determine that Lara Fleas and Nort are cousins, and Nort becomes Lara Fleas' sidekick. And that's where it's left off at. <laughs> and that uh, all came from Wikipedia. Now, Nort did have a name change. Originally, it was G-N-O-R-T. Now it's G-apostrophe-N-O-R-T. And that's the most I've talked about Nort, and that's the last I've ever wanted to talk about Nort. Oh, come on. <laughs> what? All right. And now we're going to move on to everybody's favorite segment. The Random Reads! I'll go first, since Ryan looks like he's tired of talking. And Nick is meekly hiding behind his microphone. I'm not used to this side of the table. <laughs> so this week, I'm only going to do one. I recently purchased the uh, Jonathan Hickman Future Foundation run from Ryan. And I am now into issue 13 or 14. And I got to say, I'm, I'm loving it. Um, this is issue one. And it starts out with at AIM headquarters. They're talking about... They must begin again, and they open up a portal. Then you fast forward to uh, the Baxter building, and Rita is listening to a message from Johnny Storm saying, Hey, whatever happens, I love you guys. Have Spider-Man take my spot. Franklin would just love it. And they show Reed look out the window, and all the kids are changing the four sign to the Future Foundation logo. Then Spider-Man shows up at the uh, Baxter building, and Sue Storm's there to greet him. Now, I like these costumes. These costumes are pretty sweet, because they can change. You just think about it, and it'll change color, design, whatever. This is by far, besides the black suit, my favorite. It's a great Spider-Man suit. Spider-Man suit. It's it's my favorite, besides the uh, black symbiote one. Not a fan of the big city Spider-Man? The neon green? No. Oh, God. Aren't you a fan of Iron Spider? You are, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you are. So, um, at the end of the Death of Johnny Storm, the, the Hickman series, uh, Reed Richards' dad shows up from the negative zone, or from the future, whichever. I didn't quite, couldn't quite guess which one it was. Was it the negative zone, or was that he... the future. The future? And Sue's giving uh, Spidey a tour of the building, showing him around, and he goes to talk to Thing, and Thing slams the door in his face, because he's not happy that Johnny died and took his place. And then Sue shows Spidey how to change his costume. AIM shows up from going down the darkest hole, and it says Pavlov. So that must be their base or something. And they... Break, they're breaking somebody out of prison. It doesn't say who it is yet. And then skip ahead and read and the, the Fantastic Four, I guess, attack the base. And uh, the person that they are 
breaking out of the prison. Is it the wizard? Yep, the wizard. They're breaking out of the prison. And he looks kind of psychotic because he's like, he wants to kill Richards, Reed Richards, which seems to be a theme of all Fantastic Four books. So they escape. Spider-Man's cracking jokes and the others are just looking at him because they're not, you you know, he's got a different kind of sense of humor than Johnny Storm. (laughs) And later that night at the Baxter building, Reed's dad's making dinner and uh, Spider-Man tries to sit down at the table and Franklin tells him he can't sit there. And Spidey's like, what? And he's like, that's where Uncle Johnny sat. Or Sue tells him that's where Johnny sat. And, uh... Spidey says it won't happen again, and he goes and sits somewhere else. And they start talking about the Inhumans. They have to do something regarding the Inhumans. And he comes up with this plan, and everybody's like, yeah, that'll work, whatever you say. And Reed's dad's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And everybody's like, you hear a record scratch, and everybody's like, what? And he's like, what, we don't do dissenting opinions here? Reed just normally says something, and everyone automatically agrees. That's ridiculous. And Reed looks, and he looks like he's upset, but then he smiles, and he says, how refreshing. Somebody disagreed with the great Reed Richards. And his dad says, clean your plate, son. Uh, Skip ahead, and they're playing video games. Valeria comes in and says that there's something that Grandpa and her have to run by him. And he says, sure. And they bring him to out into the foyer to the entranceway. And he's not at all happy because Doom, Valeria went and asked Doom to come that she could help him restore his brain. But he had to help him help her do something. And that's where it ends. Hickman is phenomenal. I'm a convert to the House of Hickman. The way he builds the characters up. And having read more than just this issue, he, uh, I can't seem to stop reading them. It's been the only thing I've read besides what we had to read for the show. So I highly recommend you pick up The Future Foundation by Jonathan Hickman. Not the new one. That one was kind of lame. But yeah, I highly recommend it. That's all I got. I'd be curious to see what you think about some of his own creator stuff. His creator owned? Yeah. I had thought about picking some of it up. You know, there's East to West, Manhattan Project, uh, Nightly News. Because what you, from my understanding, is you've only read established characters that he's just kind of reimagining. Yeah, that's pretty much all I've read Fantastic Four, and I'm reading his X-Men stuff. So. And don't get me wrong, I like like him as a writer, but I'd be curious to see what you think about his, his own independent stuff. stuff. His independent? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about doing that. So, yeah, that's all I got. Nick, what do you got? All right, well... I got one. What do you got? I didn't get a chance to read that much. I read Deathifying Devil number two. It's crazy. Is it? This book goes cuckoo wacko nuts crazy. Daredevil's hanging out. Or sorry. The devil. (laughs) The devil. Sorry. I'm just going to call him Daredevil. Freudian slip. Fuck it. He's Daredevil. He's always been Daredevil. He's the first Daredevil. So Daredevil, who is living in the town or the townhouse, right, um, is hanging out with the old actress. And she's telling about all this stuff, and he sees a poster of her one of her old movies posters of an old western. And she was talking about how she never made it. She did low budget movies, and you know she just kind of faded off into obscurity. And she's like, you know what I really want to do, and which I haven't been able to do in a long time because this neighborhood sucks so bad. 
is go to the grocery store. Go to a nice, clean grocery store with lights and just be able to look around. And he's like, he grabs her coat and he puts it on her. She's like, no, we can't. And he grabs her arm and puts it under his. And they walk to the grocery store. And he sees the hooligans. The ones that he broke his beautiful fingers? Right. He sees all of them, like, watching him. And they're shopping, right? She's like, oh, I've missed this so much. And he sees in the glass one of the guys behind him with a knife. So there's a huge battle inside the grocery store, and then it switches to an old Western. So it switches to an old Western? So it switches to an old Western. He is a sheriff who's getting run out of town by the local whatever guys, right? And it's you start realizing that this is actually going on. This isn't just some weird thing in his brain. Like, this is actually something going on. And then he realizes he's in a movie. He's like, this is her movie. What am I, what is, what's going on here? And one of the main guys shows up and he's talking about how he wants the house because the house has special abilities. Like there's something about the house that can change and warp reality. So there's something weird going on. It's just a weird book. Like I was like, what the hell is this? Did Alan Moore write this? Because this is whacked out. <laughs> um, it's It's a weird story. And it ends up that this is actually Bart, the original Daredevil. Not the one that was in Project Superpowers. Hmm. So this is a different guy. But he has special healing abilities and everything else. So that's why he healed so fast. So he's not just a normal dude anymore. It's a... I like it. It's a cool story. It's very weird. It's very different. I'll have to check that one out. I looked at it and I decided to kind of stay away from it. But uh, yeah. It's not just him staying in a in a in a in a townhouse with a whole bunch of people like protecting them from a gang. Yeah, it's got a weird metaphysical turn to it. Huh. Nice. But yeah. So. All right. Awesome. What do you got this week, Ryan? I have two. I've got Secret Six. Uh, this spun out of Villains United. Villains United was a part of what's uh, Shadow Pact, and the, uh, yeah, they had all these little mini series going on. And it picks up kind of after, obviously, after Villains United. And uh, it's six bad guys that are hired thugs, essentially. And they have irritated other bad guys. So they have other bad guys pursuing them. Um, there's no real names to this. There's Deadshot. He's probably the biggest name you got. Catman. Uh, Ragdoll. Who? He's a pretty big character. Uh, Catman's it? awesome. Vandal Savage's daughter. Randall Savage. (laughs) Candle Savage. Candle Savage. There you go. I just read this. I can't think of what her name is. We'll just call her Candle Savage for right now. Yeah, I'm not finding it. Anyhow. It's Doc Savage. (laughs) And so there's only five of them. Well, obviously the book's called Secret Six. So they're going out to recruit a sixth member. And they just got done being in North Korea. And Deadshot got this uh, contract to kill these military people because they killed her or this woman's husband. And so they're showing the Secret Six going, or the, the other guys jumping out of the plane and going in to save Deadshot. And Deadshot's killed the person that did the killing of the husband. And they left all the guns for all the prisoners, and the prisoners are now going after all the guards. And they take off. They split all the money that they were paid to do this and they were taking a little bit of a break 
they apparently at some point pissed off Dr. Psycho. And so he's setting stuff up to go after these members. And then it switches and Ragdoll's sitting there at a fancy restaurant ordering food. Deadshot's taking his daughter out and at a park. Savage and her girlfriend are hanging out on a balcony. And Catman's going to visit this house. All of a sudden, the waiter that was serving Ragdoll is going after him. Uh, somebody shows up and starts challenging Deadshot. Hey, get you have a minute to get your family out of here. And then this is going down. Somebody shoots a Thangorian sniper rifle and hits the uh, muscle of the team and implants a bomb on her. And she throws Savage's daughter off the balcony. So it looks like all these guys are just getting the crap beat out of them. And Catman's talking to whoever's behind this door for the sixth member. And you find out it's the Mad Hatter. And that's where the book ends for this particular issue. This is Gail Simone. I'm a huge fan of Gail Simone. This is really good. I think this is uh, volume one because she did the three series. Volume one and volume two are just fantastic. Uh, So definitely check those out. And I vowed I'd never speak of Nort again, and here we are talking about Nort. Uh, Justice League International, number 10. This was a lot of fun. I don't think I ever read this. I seriously don't remember even buying this book. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But it's a part of the crossover of Millennium, and they are on this planet covered in gold. And the reason that, or yellow, and the reason that's important is because the people that are on this planet are uh, Katmantui, Hal Jordan, Arisia, all Green Lanterns, Superman, Martian Manhunter, Hawkman and Hawkgirl, and Dr. Fate. So the rings have no power on this planet, which is a problem. Oh, um, Captain Adam and Firestorm were there too. Firestorm took off. Captain Adam went chasing after him. So that left the remainder of these guys. And so they go, Superman burrows down to the center of the planet and everything's covered in yellow. And who makes an appearance coming out of the sewer? Nort. And this is the first appearance of Nort. They consider him a joke to begin with. They kind of blow him off. In one of the pages, it says, uh, Nort's talking to Cat Matui. Worst part of it, they don't even have a John down here. And Cat Matui's like, yeah, thanks for sharing that with me. Uh, <laughs> so they go off to find the bad guys. And Nort's like, hey, if you find the bathroom, let me know where it's at. And he's like, yeah, you just stay there and mind your own business. Anyhow, it is a hub for Manhunters. Now, again, the Manhunters were the guard or the Green Lantern Corps before the Green Lantern Corps. They were the robots the Guardians used. And there is a mother bot that is producing all these Manhunters. And Superman comes busting into the door. And Manhunters are like, how is this possible? They were showing on our sensors that everybody's still flying down the hallway. They came in this back door. Arisia is using her ring to create images of the other heroes so that their sensors are picking up those heroes they all start battling they knock out all the fan uh fantastic four they knock out all the manhunters possibly fantastic four too i don't know um they start going out to battle with the mother bot and the mother bot's like i created one world i don't i can create another one uh second i leave this planet's being destroyed so the planet starts coming crashing down around them superman's like oh i'll get us out of here and flies through the planet again and everybody follows him out they get out into space, and Superman's like, what about Nort? <laughs> Hal's like, it's not like the planet blow- is blowing up, Superman. It's just falling apart. Nort's power ring should keep him alive and out of harm's way. That's how they left it. <laughs> wow, poor Nort. No wonder he 
I'm surprised he hasn't been a villain yet. <laughs> I think he's too dumb. Too dumb to be a villain? Yeah, Superman dumb. does say he is a very loyal and compassionate Green Lantern. Okay, so that ends that story. And there's a backup story with Blue Beetle and Mr. Miracle. And they are looking at a Manhunter ship. And they're they're like, well, Blue Beetle like, tells Mr. Miracle, I know you can escape things, but can you break into things? And he's like, oh yeah, this should be a problem. He goes over and hits something, and all of a sudden this ball comes flying out. And they go chasing after it, and it's shooting lasers at him and everything else. And they're trying to figure out how to turn it off. It goes flying into the forest, and it runs across a guardian and two shadow people. And this ball wraps around the one of the shadow people's heads. And it starts, like, just absorbing his face. And they're trying to figure out how to get this thing off. And Kilowog comes out, and they tell him what's going on. And Kilowog's like, well, did you use the on and off switch? Turn it off? He hits the button, and it shoots off the guy's head. Still don't know who the guy is. They show his face, but you have no idea who he is. And uh, Beatles like turn it, or uh, Mister Miracle's like turn it off. And uh, on off switch was right in front of your face. It's just a simple Grillian mind probe. And uh, so they walk off, and Beetle and Mister Miracle are kind of going back and forth. And Mister Miracle ends up yelling at Beetle for hounding him about not figuring out how to stop the ball thing from shooting around. So, kind of a dumb little story. Um, I've never read anything from the Millennium series that I can think of. Maybe some of the Green Lantern stuff, but it's really kind of interesting. And then to also see that transformation of Nort from what he looked like here, where in later issues he starts to become more dog-like and a cousin to Larflees, apparently. So, yeah. Cool. One of my all-time favorite series. If you've never read Justice League International, go find it. It is awesome it is funny it is drawn really well and if you're like oh it's just another stupid funny book it is awesome so yeah i can't yeah. i can't recommend that book too much i read i read a couple volumes this year nick recommended and they were batman punching guy gardner in the face <laughs> is still the best thing ever so i don't know i think blue beetle and booster gold owning a resort island and it sinks is pretty funny too i didn't see that one <laughs> you gotta read that one um, do you have that one yeah Okay, it's I got an issue for him, and I also have the giant omnibus too. Okay, but yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to read that. Yeah, I'll give you the issues before I give the omnibus. Good, <laughs> that looks daunting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, later issues, they did a series called Breakdown between this and uh, Justice League of America. That was a really good whodunit kind of thing too. So yeah, I, I agree with Nick on this. Justice League International are a lot of fun to read. All right, until cool. Dan Jurgens takes over, then you don't want to read it anymore. Oh, it was, oh. it got, it went to crap. It went to crap. Yeah, because those two together. It's not because of your personal hatred of. Those two are like Abnett and Lanning back in the day. Like when you take them apart. They're Keith not Giffen's as good. not as good without De Matias. Okay. It just seems like they work so well together. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. Once Jurgens took over and it just didn't work. It was just okay. like. Eh. Hal Jordan gets a white streak in his hair and fights Guy Gardner. Like, oh, come on. And that, you do find out that Guy Gardner is using the ring to keep himself young and in shape. Well, you also find out in Rebirth issues that the reason Hell, Hell's hair went gray is because of parallax. Because of fear. Yeah. Right. Damn, is that why my hair's gray? That's why mine is completely gray. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have no fear. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
All right. Now we're going to do this week's list, which is the top 10 Green Lantern villains. I'll start off. Number 10, anything the color yellow. Number 9, Major Force. 8, Fatality. 7, Anti-Monitor. 6, Sonar. 5, Mongol. 4, Carol Ferris. 3, Parallax. 2, Black Hand. 1, Sinestro. Sonar. Really? He's on mine, too. Really? Huh. Okay. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> Number 10, Nec- Necron. Number 9, Star Sapphire. Number 8, Sonar. Number 7, The Weaponers of Cord. Number six, Solomon Grundy. Number five, Atrocitus. Number four, Bleas. Three, Larflees. Two, The Guardians. Bunch of assholes. And number one, Sinestro. Wow. Nice. We got the same number one. Did we just become best friends? (laughs) (laughs) Ten, Goldface. Super cheesy character, but a lot of fun. (laughs) Uh, Nine, Effigy. Eight, Dr. Polaris. Seven, Major Force. Six, The Manhunters. Five, Corona. Not the beer. The, uh... <laughs> it's my enemy, too. Guardian. Uh, that went evil. Or Rogue. Parallax is number four. Black Hand is number three. Sinestro is number two. Necron's number one. Very nice. Nice. Once we go into Blackest Night, you'll find out why Necron's number one on your list. <laughs> yep. Psycho. All right. Anybody else got anything? No, not that no. I can think of. No? Nope. All right, everybody. Have fun. Read more comics. It's been Kirk. Brian. And Nick. See you guys next week. This is 29 Acacia Road, and this is Eric, the schoolboy who leads an amazing double life. For when Eric eats a banana, an amazing transformation occurs. Eric is Banana Man. Ever alert for the call to action.